if I hold my arm here or I hold my arm here, the arm's not in the same position. So the degree of relative motion changes. I have a very basic question uh, regarding the lengthening of the right side in a, in a narrow. So to, to many questions that you answered about, about uh, people with the uh, rectus uh, strategy, so they, uh, and they are narrow with a flat turn, so they fall, uh, they go first to the forward in, in the left, and then they go to the right, they turn to the right, and then they find them, themselves forward on the right. So uh, they, they create a, a rectus strategy and they pull. It's like you were talking with Jim Lair before, that the, the force is, is down. So they have a strong IR. So, and, and you always answer that you first have to lengthen the right side. So what would be some effective exercise that you would give uh, for some? So you always say that you have to create the late ER in that yes, side. Yes, ma'am. And so how would you do it? Just how would you emulate this uh, this uh, position of you, you just uh, how's your how's your martial arts I, i'm not practicing anymore okay but what what was your what was your art what, what what did you what did you study taekwondo okay awesome all right so um you're gonna remember this right okay you gotta stand up for me okay because i want you to do this let's not overcomplicate it you know how to do your horse stance? Yeah. You know do your horse stance? Awesome. Yeah, get in your horse stance. Okay, and get ready to punch. Get ready to punch. No, uh, we're going to go the other way. We're going to go the other way. Hold it out there. Hold it out there. Awesome. Now, shift your weight from right to left. So the left knee is now bent and the right leg is now straighter, correct? Right. You've just lengthened the right side into a late ER position. Uh-huh. So would you you would you give them such a such a, a shape, such a position, and then tell them to breathe? Because the issue is, like you said to Jim, the air is not holding them in the there is no air in the right. right. Okay, so hang on, hang on. So how many exercises can you come up with in that that are in that shape? Like change the positions, change yeah. the angles. Like literally, take your end position, take your end position. Okay, can you appreciate that you're pushing the right side into the left side, and then the left side is holding you back? Right. There you go. So, how many how many exercises can we come up with that utilize this this relative position? That's that's all you got to do. So, is there more weight on your left side than your right side? Yes. Absolutely. There has to be because I have to unweight the right side to make it go up, don't I? Uh-huh. Okay. Is your is your right leg straight and pushing you from right to left and posterior to anterior? Yes, it's it's the late ER actually the right. That is exactly right. That's what you're trying to achieve when you're trying to bring somebody up from that lowered center of gravity, for sure. But don't you have to ER the homeowners as well? You did. 
You did. You did. Is, isn't this internal rotation? Hold your arm up. Turn your thorax away. Turn your thorax, turn your thorax to the left. As you reach for, which way'd you go, young lady? Ah, uh, uh, because the thorax is there. Like, don't stare at your hand. Mm. Don't stare at your hand. Look at the mechanics proximally. I see, I see. So this is, although it is twisted in the transverse plane. It's not twisted in that direction. It's twisting in the other direction. You're looking uh, at your hand. I see, because the, the, the front now is the diagonal. You, you, twisted, you twisted this more uh, than this. The relative right. position here is ER to here. I see. If I, I turn see. away, I increase the ER here no matter what you think you're doing here. Because again, people stare at hands and they go, oh, the wrist doesn't move separately from the forearm. Yes, it does. The forearm doesn't move separately from the, the humerus. Yes, it does. The humerus doesn't move separately from the scap. Yes, it does. Like, so where is the relative motion, right? Mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be better to, to also ER the, the wrist? Why? To create the full, the, what position know, do you want the scapula to be in? You want it to be ER. Okay. No. Where's the relative motion? So, so you just made your hand, elbow, and the humerus one piece. Right. You understand that? Yeah. Where's the relative motion? Between the scapula and the shoulder? Between the humerus and the scapula right now, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What representation do I want in the scapula? Do I want an ER scapula or an IR scapula? In, in late ER, you want uh, the scapula to be ER. Okay. So I have to consider where, where the degree of relative motion would be. Okay. So it's going to depend on where you are in space as to what orientation of the humerus you're going to use. You're away from midline. You're away in, from midline. Can you appreciate that? In the humerus, away from midline? It's away from midline because your sternum's turning to the left. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so difficult to, I mean, conceptually. Well, if, I, if I hold my arm here or I hold my arm here, the arm's not in the same position. So the degree of relative motion changes. Oh. Right? Okay. So if I, if I bring my arm this way, if I want to create an ER representation of the scapula, I'm going to drive it from my hand all the way into the scapula because then the scapula is going to follow. If I'm away from here, I'm going to turn it this way because I'm going to get the relative motion of the scapula to turn in the opposite direction. You're, you're using a left foot forward split squat, offset load right. You're moving into the cut. So you're descending into the split squat, right? Yeah. Yes. So you're going to, you're going right. to encourage you're going to encourage the accumulation of internal rotation. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. Uh, I would like us to talk about uh, going into and out of the cut, uh, focusing on the yielding and overcoming actions and more specifically, the rate in which they increase or decrease. The rate, and is that what you said? The rate, yeah, rate. Uh -huh. All right. And, and also at 
which points we would expect to see the uh, biggest or lowest amount of one action relative to the other. Uh -huh. So, uh, just before we begin, I, I understand, I think, that it's the posterior outlet that influences the movement of the guts, right? When we're moving in and out. Well, they're fair? both behaving, so you're not going to have yeah. one without the I get that, but I'm thinking that the posterior is is a bigger space, first of all, and also that the well, guts it has to change all... shape. It has to change shape, right? Mm -hmm. to, to be able to come to a stop because so at the at the point at the dead center transition point where you're no longer going in, you're 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 about to come out. Yeah. What would be the what would be the position of the pelvis? Uh, it would be an exhaled position. It would be in what? I'm sorry. Exhaled. Exhaled. Position. I R all day, every yeah. day, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, in fact, you'd be holding your breath most likely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt. Yeah, so it'd be like a forced exhale. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so under that circumstance, um, let's say we're going into a cut on the right foot. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So if we're going to cut on the right foot and we need an IR exhaled representation of the pelvis, what is what is the outlet representation on that side? Uh, right side, uh, con, uh, concentric on the anterior, eccentric on the posterior. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Are you are you slowing down or are you speeding up? As going we're in. going in. Uh, tell me again. So as you're going into the cut, are you are you speeding uh, up or slowing down? We're slowing down. Awesome. Okay. So if you're slowing down, what would be the connective tissue behavior of the right posterior outlet? Yeah, it would be gilding. Awesome. What's the problem? Okay. You seem to understand uh, this. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I get the basics, but okay, let's let's uh, take that from the beginning. Uh, before the foot uh, makes contact with the ground, uh -huh. and in my mind, I have that cross section with the four quadrants you did I'm on the you. whiteboard. I've, yeah, I've drawn it many it. times. You probably watched my video, haven't you? Yeah, yes. of course. I, I probably have watched almost all of your videos. Anyway. <laughs> you really so, need to do something better with your time, young man, but okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. So, uh, right before the foot makes contact, uh, uh -huh. On the posterior aspect, we would yep. have the maximum amount, maximum, the, the biggest amount of uh, uh, overcoming action relative to the yielding action because there is no foot contact on the posterior side. Correct. Right? Okay. Yes. So, so when we do uh, make contact, the overcoming action is starting to decrease and the yielding action is starting to increase at the highest rate, I'm thinking. Uh, sure, I'll go with that. Okay, okay. So uh, we're going into the cut. So the anterior uh, outlet is going from eccentric orientation to concentric and the posterior from concentric to eccentric as we're moving in. So uh, right before maximum propulsion, the the amount 
of yielding action would be at its maximum? Yes, because, sir. Uh, all right, all right. That's what I was not sure about. Uh, so because... think, think about this. It, okay, um, you got a you got a rubber band. Okay. Uh, I no, but I can visualize it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm visualizing too. You notice I don't I don't have one. Yeah. So pull the rubber band back, right? Okay. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a point where you pull it back maximally, whatever that maximum yeah. is, right? Uh -huh. So okay. so the degree of maximum in this case is relative to how fast you're going into and out of the cut, right? Mm -hmm. So you're so okay. as you're going into the cut, you're pulling the rubber band back. So there's energy stored. So that has to be the maximum amount of yield. And then you release it, and then there's your max P. Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, 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 I get that. So at max P, uh, the overcoming action would increase at its highest rate. That's why it's max P. <laughs> yes, sir. That is correct. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get it. So, yeah. uh, if we, I, I'm skipping the rest because I think I get it. And, I think you do too. So yeah, let's let's okay. talk about something that's fun and interesting. Okay. So, like Michael Jordan, we'll talk about Michael Jordan. Sorry, didn't hear you. I said, let's talk about something fun and interesting, like Michael Jordan. I always make fun of your shirt because you always wear a Jordan shirt. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. You can send me some of yours. I would uh, advertise you for free. You know what? Um, I've tried to send these things internationally. They don't seem to like me too much. So uh, maybe maybe yeah, that's does a it. We'll get you one. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, go ahead. So if we try to influence those mechanics using a lunge, uh, let's. A, a, a lunge? A lunge, split squat, yeah. Yeah. So I'm with if, you. If we are if using a contralateral load, let's say left foot forward, contralateral load, I can see two reasons why we, we might do that. Uh, first of all, to help someone access the into the cut position if they don't have the relative motion to do so, right? Because it's creating the yielding action. You, okay. you, so you're talking about the offset load on the left. So you're, you're, you're using a left foot forward split squat, offset load right. You're moving into the cut. So you're descending into the split squat, right? Yeah. Yes. So you're, gonna, you're going right. to encourage you're going to encourage the accumulation of internal rotation, right? Which, yeah. would, which would promote the shape change that we're after. Okay, okay. And we can also use that, use that contralateral load if we want to focus on training the out of the cut position because it makes it harder. It definitely makes it harder to come out because again, the, the bias is gonna to be towards the IR, right? And, and so yeah. if I, yeah, if I'm trying to train somebody to come out of it, if I want to make it easier, what would be the alternative? To come out the, the sure. ipsilateral load. And there you go. Real simple. Real simple. Okay. Yeah. So last question where I have some confusion. I think I get it, but I'm not sure. Let's say we use, uh, again, left foot forward contralateral load yep. uh, with the goal of bringing someone's uh, left side back uh, to acquire relative motion, bring the center of gravity posteriorly. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as we go down, I think that 
it's a good idea to use the contralateral load because it's creating more of a yielding action on the left. Where? Where? What we want. Where? Uh, if we have the foot flat, it would be more posterior lower. If we elevate it, it would be more uh, inferior on the sacral base. Correct. Generally okay. speaking. Generally speaking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. My confusion is that as we're coming out of the split squat, mm -hmm. we are enhancing the capability to create the overcoming action. That is correct. Which, which, uh, on one hand, I it seems like it seems to me like it might be interference. Yes. But on the other hand, uh, I, I think that although we are enhancing the capability to create the overcoming action. Mm -hmm. That left side is still more, uh, is still less overcoming than the right because of the load, relatively speaking. Well, if you're pushing up out of the position of the of the lowered split squat, mm -hmm. uh, you're 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 going to have to be more overcoming. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to come out of the split squat. Yes, of course. Okay. But, so hang on. So, so hang on. Yeah. Hang on. All right. So because we're moving in and out, the expectation should be that I have, I have the, the acquisition of IR and the yield on the descent and then the acquisition of ER and the overcoming on, on the ascent. That's what should happen, okay? Yeah. Now, if you're trying to bias one element of that, okay, you may acquire enough in the in the full excursion to satisfy your needs but if you don't what would be the solution uh, given that the goal is to bring that side back i guess that it would be to go into the split squat holding the load and maybe releasing it to come up well what if you just made it turn it into a static activity what if you just chose a static activity that would acquire the mm. same thing mm. that that way you minimize the interference of of the coming out of the cut portion okay yeah that makes sense yeah yeah okay yeah so again it's a, it just it 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 is so important. It is so important. Whenever you're making an exercise selection, that you understand what your intention is, and then clearly you understand the potential for interference depending on what the what what your goal is. Now, okay. Now, are you going to acquire the greatest degree of relative relative motion? If I put the left foot forward, am I going to acquire the greatest degree of IR possible in that circumstance? Mm greatest degree yeah. it's like will you accumulate ir yes yeah. will it be the greatest degree of ir probably not okay yeah. right yeah 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 because i still have to, i still have to get i still have to get the ir that's that's directly below my center of gravity don't i which you mm -hmm. can't yes yeah. okay yeah so you probably see more at the foot because ah there you go and there you go. Yes, that is correct, sir. That is correct, sir. Okay? okay. Now, here's the concern. If you do that really, really fast, okay, if you do it really, really fast, now you're going to bump into something that you may not want to bump into at a high rate of speed.
Second question. Um, so can you just, can we go over um, utilizing, um, maybe elevating the forefoot or the toes versus using a ramp for like a lateral lunge? In my mind, both are strategies you can use to acquire an IR representation, but um, can you just give like two examples of why you might use one versus the other? You're sorry, so, okay, so just to clarify, you're, you're stepping sideways and you want a ramp to lift the pinky toe side of the foot up? Yeah. What's, what's, what's the concern right off the bat? Well, it's a lot. Of, uh, so, 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 um, what would that be a solution for? In my mind, I thought of, I thought of, I thought of use, uh, utilizing it as a, uh, before like an athlete is going to, until I change the direction drills, I'm like, okay, look, like, let's do this lateral lunge into the ramp, out of the ramp as like mm -hmm. a quote unquote primer, I guess. I don't love using that word, but mm -hmm. I guess that's their warm up because I guess in my mind, it's a little more dynamic versus doing just a four foot um, elevated, toe elevated, RDL, uh, split squat, et cetera. That's in my mind where I was going okay. with that. So, so do you want to promote, do you want to promote a reduction in relative motions? Do you want to promote an anti-orientation? I guess if they're going into fast activities, I guess so, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the decision that, that you're going to make. I personally don't use a ramp going sideways because of the because of the degree of orientation that's typically associated with it. Okay. So that's gonna happen most likely. What what I would do, what I would do is make sure that I have um, the ability to acquire the shape change in the foot that they would be utilizing in a change of direction. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because at, at what at what point, at what point do you think that you're actually acquiring the extreme position that, that you're describing with a with a ramp in a in a in a change of direction? Like if I go straight into a cut and straight out of a cut, like on a on a straight line. Mm -hmm. Okay. At what point would you acquire the foot shape that you're describing using a ramp to go sideways? Uh-oh. I stumped. I stumped the new grad. Which is the whole, well, if you're utilizing the ramp, is there no change? Cause it's already initially like. Well, okay. So, so think about the foot shape that you're describing. So, so here's what you did. You took the earth and you tilted it up sideways. Okay. Right. right. So, so I just changed the orientation of the earth and then I'm going to stand on that earth with a foot. Okay. What position are you actually creating with the ramp? Are you talking about like a pronated mid peep position or like? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Now go into and out of a cut for me mentally. Okay. At what point are you actually acquiring that foot shape? 
the moment you like initial change. Uh, Are you, can you stand up for a sec? I can't. Okay. So um, put the, uh, you got a corner there. That's perfect. So take the uh, medial border of your foot, put it on the floor, put the lateral border of your foot on the wall. So it's like, it's on the ramp. Uh, okay. Okay. Yep. I want you to pay attention. Okay. And you're going to move your tip. So you're going to bend your knee and you're going to move into that position. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Yep. Okay, so pay attention to the to the knee position, pay attention to your pelvis and pay attention to your foot. Got it? Mm -hmm. Okay, step away from the wall, put your foot on the ground. Simulate going into and out of the cut and tell me if you ever get into that position when you're going into and out of a cut. When I'm off the wall. Uh-huh. When I'm off the wall. No, I'm just saying it's like it's like you're never in that position. Right. Your your center of mass would never would never move into that position because you would no longer be coming out of the cut. You you would be either you'd be either shaving it off or you would be actually going forward. Do you see that? You see that you see it mechanically? Do you see that you're actually creating like a middle P that's going in, in line with the foot? It's not coming out of the cut. Oh, I, okay. You see it? I think so. Yeah. It's it would be it's it's the same it's the same ankle foot tibia position that you would be using in a like a right leg forward split squat. You just tilted the earth, so I had to tilt everything to to match the earth, and then I translated the tibia forward. You see it? Yeah. So are you reinforcing something of value in regards to the change of direction? No, not really, unless I'm not the most beneficial way, I guess. Right. So, so again, so, so if, if you want to, if, I mean, if you would want to use that for some form of mobilization, I guess I'd be okay with that. Um, you know, again, that's where, that's where it would have some value, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want to reinforce that dynamically because I don't see the, I don't see the, the advantage. Like it's not, it's not going to be like some sort of direct transfer. You're, you're literally just doing a straight ahead mobilization by tilting this and then tilting the foot all the way up. Yeah. I, yeah. I see now. So. Who are we going to use that on? Someone that's not. Okay. Someone that has. Um, let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me describe a few things and, and then I think it'll fall into place for you. Okay. Um, if, if I'm standing on my left leg and I've got my right foot on the, on the platform. Okay. All right. Am I standing in a, in a proximal position? So pelvis, femur, am I standing in a position of IR? On the left leg, right? More? Look at everything relative to everything else first. Well, I guess the right leg, because I said the left leg first. Well, I think, I think under, under this circumstance, the stance that you're going to have to use is actually going to move you towards ER on both sides because you're moving away from the midline to acquire the position on the ramp. Oh, okay. 
You see it? Yeah. It's like neither. It's like so. So here's what's happening. This would be standing. This would be standing um, on flat ground. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you're going to go like that with this one. Can you appreciate the fact that if I level it, they're both going to be towards a, a measure of ER? Yeah. Is that I have to move away from midline to acquire the position, right? I have to do that. So, you know, the uh, like when, when you push on the wall and you're doing like a propulsion against the wall and you capture the medial foot contacts. Right. So this is the position that you're talking about. But standing. So it moves it away from midline, right? It's not like it's way out into ER, but it's going to be, it's going to promote some ER. So if I have a guy that can't acquire dead center straight down middle, okay? And I want to start to promote um, a distal IR. So I'm like a mobilization of IR. That might be a useful thing to do, right? To acquire a position. Because you're, you, like you're saying, you're giving them, putting them in a position of space right versus just like on a flat ground yes but i'm also creating some interference so again it, it becomes a localized event you see it yeah yeah so you probably see more at the foot because ah there you go and there you go yes that is correct sir that is correct sir okay, okay. now here's the concern if you do that really really fast okay you do it really really fast now you're going to bump into something that you may not want to bump into at a high rate of speed. Whole orientation. You're going to create an orient. Yeah. Now, under certain circumstances, that stuff's like compensatory activity always happens. It's, it is a natural phenomenon where things get tied together. What you don't want to do, though, because you're creating a focal local effect, it's like, okay, if I get the focal local effect at the foot, what did I just do to the potential of the knee to move? Okay. Do I really want to blow out a knee to try to mobilize a foot? Probably not. This is why you got, this is why you got to be, this is why you got to be really careful. You got to be really careful as to, as to what angles you're playing with. Okay. Yeah. You see? yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not that it's not, in, in, not disuseful. It's just like, you got to, like I said, understand your intentions, understand the secondary consequences, look beyond the, the foot. Right. It's like, how does this affect the knee? 